Deirdre Maguire from DeirdreMaguire.com is admiring the view out my window at this present moment in time and very impressed by our setting, aren't you? It's beautiful up here. You're very blessed. You're very lucky. I, I, I have very, to very agree 100% because on a gorgeous day like today, when you look away towards the cranes or towards, indeed, Napoleon's nose or back towards the city, it's just, there's just something about it. And I compare it to Havelock, which I loved as a building, but Havelock was, I suppose, it was like an institution, you know, like inside a hospital. And um, uh, this is, there was great atmosphere, but no view. This is all, well, atmosphere, You couldn't be in yes. bad form in here. Couldn't be. It's, it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. It very, is. very lucky. Are you very grateful? I am grateful. I am grateful. And I have no sense of guilt because I see guilt uh, is <laughs> one of your topics today. Guilt is a restrictive mechanism, isn't it? Yeah, so is guilt, the topic is, is guilt stealing your joy? Mm. Okay, and um, when was the last time you felt guilty? When was the last time I felt guilty? Probably when I missed the third penalty in a penalty shootout at a charity event in Newry about six months ago. I thought to myself, ah, that's not guilt, that's just regret, isn't it? Yeah, no, guilt is, um, you know, when you're watching the TV and you should be out in the garden. Or... This is the last time I felt guilty. If you want to ask me that question, Frank, when was the last time I felt guilty? And it was actually yesterday. We had a family uh, gathering, my lovely cousins. If they happen to be listening, shout out to all my cousins from America who are here on holiday. And uh, we had a lovely family gathering and I am stuffing my face and the dog is looking at me as if, please, please give me something to eat. And I feel guilty and I can't cope with it. I will sneak off. My sister says, don't, if you feed the dog, the dog will get sick. So don't give the, the dog's old, Tia. She's beautiful and she's old. If you feed Tia, she'll get sick. So when my sister's not looking, I will slip a wee bit of cheese or a wee bit of something because I feel guilty. Um, the last time I felt guilty before that but was... But you should like, feel guilty after giving the dog something no, no. when your sister asked you not to. No, no, I don't. I feel gu- I cannot look at Tia and not give her something to eat. You I feel not guilty. Tia any favours. Well, well, I'm stuffing my face and she's looking at me and I just think, ah. Oh. And then I, I give in. I always give in. I don't give her a whole lot, but I couldn't not give her anything. And then why does she not rush to the dog food? Why does she not do that? Why do dogs not rush to dog food? Not some dogs do. But I think, it, what is it like? What are they eating? What is it like? And if I could give her a weak corner of cheese, then I would feel better. But you're just all heart, all heart. Now, the examples we've given are very minor, minor examples of guilt. There'll be people walking around with serious guilt. There'll be those who have stolen money, those who have betrayed their partner, those who have decided to visit hurt upon the the, the person who was decent to them whenever they were in employment and they backstabbed them. Those sorts of people, do they ever feel guilt? Well, you see, you don't know. You don't know if people feel guilty or not. Everybody feels guilty in a different way. So, you know, we've all felt it, that feeling in the pit of your stomach when you make a mistake. Um, and and guilt can be healthy when it's an alert that um, you're you know you're doing something like the, when I look at the you know the nearly dead plant. Have you ever done that? Look at a nearly dead plant, and you think, and you just feel so guilty because there's the old plant trying to do its best to pretty up your house. And See, that's you, 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 you neglected that's, it yeah. and forgot it for, to you water. You get a sense of guilt. Do you not get a sense? I get a. When I see that, I have a sense of loss. I see 
That blooming plant cost nineteen ninety nine. Here we go If I had only all roads lead back to the money. If I had only watered it, it would now be worth forty quid. Because sometimes you know you can see that as they grow and flourish, you ever notice the bigger ones are always more expensive in the DIY centre. So the, the, the I have never noticed that. Say that again, Frank. What the big? You know, if you buy a plant at twenty yes. quid, yes. the bigger version of it costs forty quid. Okay. So if you buy it at twenty quid and nurture it, you've got a forty quid plant in a year's time. Whereas if you buy it and you don't water it, it's going to die, and you've lost twenty quid. That's how I see it as a, an investment. Being in your head for a day, <laughs> like what is it like? Like when I'm talking to my clients and I say that we don't see the world, we perceive the world. We perceive the world through the lens. So. Like, is there just pound signs? Do you just look, when you look through the lens of Frank Mitchell, is there nothing, only pound signs clocking up? Here's, and I look at the plant and I think the poor thing, and I, I want to water it and I didn't, I got the biofeed and I didn't do it and I need to do that. And when I do that, it'll be, I'll be right by the world. And all you're thinking about is, if I keep you alive to next year, you'll be worth 40 quid. I know in the meantime, I enjoy the flourishing of the plant. But the, what crosses my mind when I don't water it and it starts to die is, what a waste of money. Whereas uh, you you have a sense of guilt. I don't have a sense of guilt. I have well, a sense of financial I'll loss. I'll tell you the last time I felt that guilt was when I threw a yellow head of broccoli into the wee brown bin. You know, I do a lot of that. I will buy food and I don't eat it. And then I throw it out. I, you know, I have, I, uh, that's one of the things that I address every day or my eating habits. And so I only, I did that last week. I bought broccoli and I was going to eat broccoli every day because I'm for protein and building muscle and that's what I'm interested in. And I didn't do it. And there was the oil yellow broccoli and it was, but the way I get rounded, you see, how you get rounded is to what are you believing about yourself? What are you believing about life when you do it? So when I now put the broccoli into the wee brown bin, it's being recycled. So I send it back to the earth and thank it very much for coming and it'll come back round again. I see. You right. See? So the difference between you and me when it comes to guilt is you feel guilt for the tiniest little thing. I would only feel guilt for something that would come under the umbrella of sin. Oh, well, you see, you see, now there's another belief. You see, I am um, a recovering sinner. I don't sin anymore, in inverted commas. Um, and this is, leads me on to where do we get our sense of right and wrong from? And we get it from our parents. And, um, you know, if you, if you are a guilty person, if you feel guilty about everything, um, just see who are you more like, your mother or your father? You know, you've learned it from them. We model them. And the second place you learn it from is from your cultural conditionings, your church. So you're the one who's... But are you suggesting that you don't sin? No, I don't. You don't sin? No. I don't sin. So, hold on. Like, I, I can't rhyme off the seven deadlies, but I know some of them. So, no. like, gluttony, okay, you're very athletic. You don't indulge yourself in gluttony. Um, I don't sin because I don't believe in sin. I know that's controversial. Well, what is your definition of sin? What does sin mean, Frank? Breaking the laws and commandments of whatever God you follow. Well, if you go back historically, sin actually means, the actual word sin means missing the mark. Okay, so if you've missed the mark, um, so that's what it actually is. But it has been, you know, it's been branded now as something very wrong. And if if you have been raised in a in circumstances and that allow you lead you to believe that if you 
commit a sin that you're going to go to hell, you're going to be doomed. I'm now talking to myself, people. No, no, I'm just checking the seven deadly sins here. That's, I want to just well, I want to put them to you. I don't want to try and do them off the top of my well, head. Well, you see, sins are a belief, and there are, there are people who believe their sins, and I choose to believe that there's no such thing as a sin, because I have seen too many people, myself included, who have suffered at the hands of the word sin. Hold where on, you feel I've got guilty. them, I've got them. It took me okay, a long well, time that's to all right, but you, You're going to read them out anyway. Yeah, but away. gluttony was the only one I could think of, which you are not guilty of. Now, envy, does envy ever cross your mind? Envy apparently is a sin. It's a, dead, a deadly sin. Well, I, I, would, I would consider, when I feel envious of others, I look to myself and see, what is going on, Deirdre? I'm, I'm much nicer to myself than I used to be. Instead of saying, well, you committed a sin there and that's wrong and you're going to burn in hell or else you're going to go to purgatory for a while or whatever, uh, I now look at it in a different way and I'll ask myself, um, what's, what's causing that, Deirdre? What's, what's it? I can remember the last time I felt envy and it was really uh, painful for me. So I thought, what is going on here? What are you believing in this moment? And of course, in that moment, I was believing that I wasn't good enough, that the other person was better than me. So that's not a very healthy way to be. So if you're asking me when I think of the of being envious, do I use that opportunity to see how I can learn and grow? Or do I beat myself up, punish myself, say I've committed a sin and I'll not get into heaven? Which, which would you do? Well, you know, I, 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 I'm lost in your argument. All I'm looking at here is the <laughs> seven deadly sins. And, you know, there's pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony and sloth. Now, the sloth you're definitely not. You're a hard-working person. There's no lying about as far as you're concerned. Gluttony, you're a... What sort of athlete are you? Keep reminding I'm me. A cross CrossFit athlete. athlete. You're definitely not Shout into... Shout out to CrossFit. Into, fact, just go ahead. Into gluttony. Um, pride, you know, I don't, don't understand pride being a sin because I think you should be proud. I think you should be proud Absolutely. of what you can do and what you can achieve. So I don't understand that one. Greed, it's unlikely you're probably going to say it. I'm more guilty of greed than you are. Wrath, I don't think either of us. What does wrath mean? Wrath is anger. I, I don't okay. think, I, okay. I meant anger. I don't think okay. wrath, is, you know. Well I suggest that now you, two words that you use in your language there one of them was guilty and the other is sin and uh, wrath anger, do you, know who, do you know who people get most angry at? themselves. People turn it in on themselves, then they feel guilty, then we have situations where people's lives are untenable and we have we have loss, we have death, we have suicide, we have all kinds of things, all because of what people are doing inside their heads. But if you're a person who thinks, I have committed sin and I've done wrong, and I can tell you that I've listened to a lot of people over the years in when I'm dealing with my clients who believe that they're not worthy of life, of love, of joy, of happiness because they have in some way committed a sin that is not a sin at all but they have been conditioned to believe that they're not good enough. So that's what my work is about. My work is about teaching people that guilt is a learned behaviour. We learn it from parents, we learn it from cultural conditionings, we learn it from religion. Yeah, but from religion, so you can't ignore the, because the religion impacts all those other people that you've mentioned. So, you know, whether it's the Bible or the Quran or the, the other very highly profiled books of religious wisdom, they all have one thing in common, and that is breaking the laws of God, whatever God you believe in. There are laws that were laid down, and some of them are described as sin. And the seven deadly ones, as we've said, uh, include all that we've made reference to. Pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth are all of them. 
What about are you a bit of lust from time to time? <laughs> <laughs> is, 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 is that the one that makes people feel guilty? Well, I personally love lust. I think lust is great. Lust is a sign that you're alive, that you're you're in the world and of the world and living a fully expanded life. If you weren't feeling lustful, you know, get it checked out. If there's something that's stopping you from... When I say lust, I mean passion. Okay, I'm talking about passion. And if you're not feeling passionate about being alive, whether it's passionate about your love life, passionate yeah, but about in life. This, lust in this is linked more to sex, isn't it? And to illicit well, sex. Well, let, me, let, me, let, me look, let me look it up here. Lust is a psychological force producing intense desire for something or circumstance, already having a significant amount of desired object. Lust can take the form of a lust such as sexuality, money or power. It's the lust. It's not just... A, in the sin, it's not just the lust for sex. It's the lust for well, well, money or what, power. What I here there, if you substituted lust for desire there, you know, passion, your passion to be alive, it, it, it's everything in moderation, you know, you know yourself, you've got your own inner compass, you've got your own inner, whether it's your moral compass, whether it's your emotional compass, whether it's your financial compass, you've got your own compass. And this is what, this is what gets me going, actually, is that somehow through our culture and cultural conditionings, that we have lost access to that. And I want people to be empowered. That's what happens to the people who come to me. The people who come to me go from the feeling of being disempowered to being empowered, to take control of your own life, to take control of your own emotions. Of course, you've got your own inner ding, your own inner compass. I mean, have you got your inner compass, Frank? Yeah, but that's your conscience, isn't it? That's right. You've got it. That's all it is. It's your, it's how you measure the world. Basically, would you, let me ask you this, would you, do you take your trolley back to the bay when you're in the supermarket, whether you're in, wherever you are, when you're in the supermarket, do you take your trolley back to, or do you leave it and don't care and go on? I take it back and you get the pound out of it. Oh, <laughs> for God's sake! I got caught again. I got caught again every time. <laughs> but I know, well, okay. The, let oh, me let me let so me correct I know where you. Shop. Let me correct you here. Okay, yes. if I'm at B and Q where they don't charge the pound, yes, I do leave the trolley back. Why? Because it's neat and tidy to do it. Why? Because it's just the right thing to there do. There you go. There you go. It's the right thing to do. We have our own inner... <laughs> you make me laugh. We have our own inner conscience. So let's live by that and not by these external... Honestly, have you heard some of the stories that I hear about people? I remember, you know, this is an extreme example of it, but I know a lot of people who suffer from this. After my father died, you know, I, my father died on a Sunday and I was supposed to see him on a Friday and I didn't. And I remember a couple of days, and my father died tragically, he died from suicide. So I remember like about a week or 10 days after, I burst into my sister's kitchen and I burst out crying. And she said, what is wrong? And I said, it's all my fault. It's all my fault, okay? So I had actually conjured up in my mind that it was my fault that my father had died that I should have gone to see him on Friday. If I hadn't gone to see him, if I had gone to see him on Friday, maybe he wouldn't be dead. So this is the kind of thing that people do in their minds. And if you don't know how your mind works, you really can. Your vision of the world narrows right down to, you know, ultimately you might even take your own life. Now, I know that's the extreme. So, so what you're saying is we shouldn't be latching on to 
the wisdom was the word I was going to use, the guidance, the direction, the orders, the laws established somewhere else, whether it be through religion or through just general rules and regulations. We should be making up our own minds and if we are of the right mind, we will do the right thing. Yeah, I mean, I belong to a local golf club, so I adhere to their rules. When I'm out playing golf, I abide by the rules. I'm not talking about that. What I am talking about is when you have lost your own sense of empowerment, where you you don't even know what the rules are, you don't even know how to apply the rules. You take the rules and you use them, you use them to steal your joy. If the rules are stealing your joy, then there's something not quite right. Yeah, I but want what about if your joy is visiting hurt upon other people through your pride or your greed or your wrath or your envy or gluttony or sloth or your lust? If you're hurting other people well, that's by then, doing, by breaking these rules... Well, then you have to look at it then because you're the one who's suffering in the end. That's You have to look at that. So how do you solve this dilemma? But there's other, there's other people suffering. Well, yes. Well, those are the people, like you were talking about that girl this morning and I was listening and, you know... This is Lucy Letby. Yeah. You're hardly going to find some words of excuse for Lucy Letby, are you? I have no comment to make whatsoever until I would know all the circumstances. I want to know more. I. This is how I see it, Frank. I see us collectively as one team, mm-hmm. one humanity... And when I see something awry, I want to know about that so I can play my part in helping our tribe, our one humanity improve. That's the way I see that. You know, we do, I don't know the circumstances. Why, why would somebody do that? I agree with you. Totally, we don't know why. We can't understand it. It's awful. It's so awful. But I want to know how did that happen so it doesn't happen again. Okay, you have no doubt in your mind she did it. I, I I didn't watch the documentary. I don't know. Yes, the, the, the documentary is sort of irrelevant. Well, I trust the jury. I trust the jury. I trust the jury found found, is, found her guilty for a reason. I would like to know, you know, what are the details about that? Yes, but what you're searching for is some form of excuse. No, for her doing it. No, no the I'm same not. Way you, the same way you search for excuses for the people who did the Manchester bombings. No, I am not looking for an excuse. I am looking for a reason. There's a difference. There's a very big, big difference. I'm not looking for... I want to be part of the solution, not the problem. Okay? So if this has happened once, it could happen again. What can we do to stop that? So I want to know more about it. I I would love to understand that more. I don't understand everything. I work with people and I've heard stories and I think... I actually don't understand how could someone visit such pain on other people. I don't understand it. But my what I want to do is find out more. Maybe, I want to find out more so that I can understand okay. it. Maybe she's just infested by the devil. Maybe it is evil. Maybe she represents well, all that is wrong with society. Maybe she and is if just she does, bad. You, those, those, if she does represent all that's wrong with society, who is society, Frank? We are society. Therefore, we've got to find a different way to do it. Ka-ching, point to me. I won. so I have quickly I have I know that you're going to be chasing me out of here now Um, how do we solve the dilemma of guilt okay if it's stealing your joy step one acknowledge it say I feel guilty okay people 
people can't even say that. I feel guilty, I feel that. And then get it out of you. It's better in than out. Two, assess it, okay? Was it intentional or was it beyond our control? My dad's death. That was totally beyond my control, but I felt guilty about it. It wasn't accurate. You know, my, my inner ding, my inner conscience, my, it was off kelter. So, you know, we need to get it back. Three, apologize if, this is for one's for you, this steps for you, Frank. If you do do something, apologize immediately. If there's something you do wrong, the power of being able to say, I'm sorry, I got it wrong. Okay. Um, Step four, learn and grow from the situation. If you do make a verticomas mistake, there are no mistakes, only lessons. Mistakes are only mistakes if you don't learn from them. Learn from the lesson, say, I'll do it better the next time, okay? And the last part, he's winding me on here, so the last part is forgive yourself. If you do screw up, if you screw up, and we all do, forgive yourself. Practice self-compassion. Be nice to you. If I had one breath left, and I know I nearly have, Frank, the way you're looking at me, if I had one breath left, that's what I would say. Be nice to you. Be kind to you. Okay? P.S. Better out than in. Talk to someone. When I asked a client, why me, why now? He said, I needed someone to talk to. Key is, go to the right person. PPS, guilt can either hold you back from growing or it can show you what you need to shift in your life. So, what is it? And so is the gospel according to Deirdre. The gospel according to Deirdre. (laughs) Well, you're the one who keeps giving biblical references. How was that, Frank? I'm sure I'm not alone uh, being... (laughs) What? What? How was that? Was that good? In a position where I'm almost afraid to interrupt you. Uh, Seriously, (laughs) thank you. Thank you. Always a pleasure. Uh, Deirdre McGuire, com. If you want to enter her world, go online. Um, you won't find me there, but uh, go online at your leisure. Right, this is the U105 phone-in. 